Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, thank you oh so much for the many blessings you pour upon us this day. We truly thank you for all that. And now the blessed opportunity to get back into your word. Help us now as we do that. As we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Continuing our Bible study of May to Z in the word kindness. So we'll turn to 1 Corinthians and chapter 13. And here it speaks of charity is kind. Now, charity use, uses this word here in a couple different ways. Charity, as we normally think of it, is donating or giving items or monetary amounts to someone. But charity goes beyond that. Charity is a form of love, a concern for someone else's well-being is what true charity is all about. But getting right into it here. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing." And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profited me nothing. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. Speaking of the values of charity and the fact that charity is an example of kindness. That charity is kindness. Alright, now let's look at a section of prophecy concerning our future. And definitely shows the grace and the mercy and the kindness and love of God toward us in what He has promised us, what we will have one day to enjoy for eternity, as we see in First Corinthians chapter fifteen, picking it up in verse fifty-one. Behold, I show you a mystery: we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. The sleep he's speaking of is being dead, spiritually alive, of course, but physically dead and staying physically dead. Because when you are a truly born-again Christian, you never die because we are spiritually alive for eternity. But here we also speaking of becoming a new creature physically as well. Once again, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. 
For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. The corruption is speaking of is decay, physical and spiritual decay. We will not decay ever again when we receive this glorious body that he's speaking of here. And an immortal body that will never die. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Not in vain means it's not worthless. So let's do what the Lord has available for us to do and know that we have a glorious body to look forward to at that moment where it says in the moment of a twinkling of an eye, it's faster than the blink of an eye, when we receive that glorified body, which we will receive at that moment of the rapture. All right, now go to 2 Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, pick it up here in verse 1. We then, as workers together with him, beseech you also that ye receive not the grace of God in vain, for he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Giving no offense in anything, that the ministry be not blamed. But in all things, approving ourselves as the ministers of God, in much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in watchings, in fastings, by pureness, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by love unfeigned. Love unfeigned, and by the Holy Ghost, the power of the Holy Ghost, He can provide us those fruits of the Spirit, which among those is kindness, as it continues, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report as deceivers, and yet true. Stand up boldly. Be a God-glorifying Christian and bear those fruits of that kindness that he's speaking of there. I right, now go to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2 here. We see enough, another reference of the word kindness in Ephesians chapter 2, beginning up verse 1. And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, which is an awesome show of grace and kindness of the Lord to quicken us. Quicken means to bring back to life. So he has quickened us from the dead 
And this is speaking of the spiritual death, because we all come into this world spiritually dead. And when we become born-again Christians, the Holy Ghost enters into us, and we become a new creature in, in Christ, and we become brought back to life spiritually, and the Holy Ghost communes with our spirit and communes directly with the Heavenly Father. So He has done that for us by grace, which is an awesome show of kindness. Once again, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, speaking of the devil, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. That's what we come from, all of us. That's how we come into this world, spiritually dead and with the potential of these sins that he's speaking of here. Detached from God, because we are death with separation from God. And the word death is what that means, to be separated from God and in that condition, we had our conversation, which means our relationship and interaction with Satan. As it says, the prince of the power of the air. We had our conversation with him and those lustful desires of the flesh. It was the way we come into this world. You have these folks that say, I can't help it, I was born this way. Well, you can help it, but yes, you were born that way because we were all born filthy sinners. But that doesn't mean you stay that way. You turn your life over to the Lord. Let the Holy Ghost make that change within you. And you come out of that. Don't stay like you were born. As it continues, this is verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. And hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. That kindness to bring us back to life, to quicken us with an eternal, immortal, incorruptible existence. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Giving God the credit, always, and acknowledging that we are saved by grace, which is unmerited favor, saved by that kindness of the Lord to make that available to us. It isn't that we've worked so hard for it, then we achieved it, because if it was by works, then we could brag about it. Because that's what it says there in verse 9. Not of works, lest any man should boast. If it was of your own doing, if it was your own works, then you could brag about it. Look what I have achieved. I have done so much wondrous work for the Lord that I have achieved salvation. No, 
It's by grace, unmerited favor, a gift given to us. All right, now turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Pick it up in verse 17, another reference to kindness. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord. Speaking here is Paul in his letter to the church at Ephesus. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. See, we look at people's lives out there, the sinners, the ungodly, the lost, and we kind of wonder, why would they do such things? How can they do such things? It's because they are darkened, alienated. They are ignorant and blind. They need to be enlightened. They need to be born again. Verse 19, who being past feeling, having given themselves over unto lasciviousness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. And that's what we see in the world. Lasciviousness, uncleanness, and greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. See, it gives us a new mind, a new way of thinking. And that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, Speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be ye angry, and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Don't give a place for the devil in your life. Because when you become a born-again Christian, the devil is kicked out. There's a no-vacancy sign hung up, and there's no room for the devil in your life unless you make a room for him and allow him. If you add an addition onto your home and say, here's a vacant spot, devil, move on in and we can associate again, then you just blew it. And that's what he's saying here. Don't give place for the devil. It's your choice. Let him that stole steal no more. But rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption." Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. 
He focuses it right in there on that kindness in verse 32, where he says, Be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. We've been forgiven. We need to be forgiven of others as well. It's so awesome the many things the Lord has done for us by grace, by His kindness. We should then in turn be kind to others. All right, now turn to Colossians in Colossians chapter 3. And here we see Christian behavior. As it reads, If ye then be risen with Christ, that means if you're a born-again Christian, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Difficult for folks to do that. They look around, they see the things of the earth, they got their eyes on that. Their goals, their desires. But no, we need to be planning for later. We need to be planning for eternity. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Now here he's saying we're dead. Now before we were alive, now here where we're dead. Well, what is he speaking of here that we're dead? Here we're dead to those past behaviors. We are separated from that. We are a new creature. We are dead to the old man and the new man is alive. So therefore, in that sense, he's speaking of that death. We're separated from that. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Mortify. Mortify. Kill off. I'm talking about separate from. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. The physical things, the lustful desires, kill that off, separate from that, in other words. Fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. You don't want the wrath of God coming upon you, so separate yourself from those things, kill off those things, and don't return back to them. In the which ye also walked some time when ye lived in them. Once again, like earlier, reminding us where we come from. But now ye also put off all these. We also got to separate from these things that he's speaking of next. Which is anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all, in all of the born-again believers. Verse 12, put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. 
forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. That verse 15 is such an important one there. When we put on those things that he mentioned earlier, that come by way of the power of the Holy Ghost within us, those bowels of mercies, that kindness, that humbleness of mind, that meekness, that long-suffering, that forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if we do that, then 15 kicks in, or it says there again, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever ye do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. He emphasizes that giving thanks, being thankful, something we always got to remember to do. Way too many times you see folks that do not really show thankfulness, and they display that by their self-abuses or their entanglement in the world. But be ye thankful, give thanks, be grateful, and be kind. All right, now turn on over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and we will touch on this subject of the rapture once again. We read there in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 51 through 58, about that glorified body. And here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, in verse 13, he's speaking of that moment when we will be receiving that being caught up to be with the Lord, and we'll be getting that glorified body as he puts it here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope. See, the others that have no hope are those that do not trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, because they cannot have hope, because hope is that confident anticipation of the fulfillment of the prophecies and promises of God. The world does not have that. Only the born-again Christians have that. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. When the Lord comes back for His, He's going to come back and be in the sky not come all the way back down to the earth, because they don't come all the way back down to touch down on the earth until the last days when he comes down at the end of the tribulation time to establish the millennial kingdom. 
So at this point here, he's speaking of is the rapture of the church, to be caught up together with him. That is an awesome sign of kindness when he's going to come down, receive us up to be with him, and give us a glorified body. So awesome, so wondrous, so kind. All right, now turn to Titus, another young protege of Paul's, where he's teaching him here in Titus chapter 3, picking up verse 1. Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work. Now here he's teaching Titus to teach others to be good law-abiding citizens. Is to speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving divers' lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. There again, reminding us where we came from. Don't be too hard on those that ain't got there yet. But after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. That kindness shown to us, that renewing, that bringing us back to life, that quickening us is what he's speaking of, by the power of the Holy Ghost, which is shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that being justified by His grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. So we need to be kind to others because of the kindness that was shown to us. Because as he clearly put it that back in verse 4, but after the kindness and love of God, our Savior toward man appeared. And that was the coming of Jesus Christ to be the ultimate sacrifice for all mankind's sin, past, present, and future. All right, now if you will turn to Second Peter in chapter 1. Here we see a reference to brotherly kindness. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith, with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to your virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. Those are the things we need to add to our behavior. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather 
Brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So awesome, the many things that he gives us and provides us. And it is so awesome that he has provided us a way of salvation that he tells us about over there in 1 John, the small epistle of 1 John. If we are truly born-again Christians, we need to do as he says here in 1 John. And if you're not a born-again Christian, also confess your sins. As he says here, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and His word is not in us. So we need to confess our sins. We need to get it right. We need to keep it right. As he goes on in chapter 2, My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate. With the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And hereby we do know that we know Him if we keep His commandments. He that saith, I know Him, and keepeth not His commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth His word... In him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk even as he walked. Jesus Christ gave us that ultimate gift. Jesus Christ gave us that ultimate sacrifice, ultimate example of kindness. We should be kind one to another. And keep his commandments. His commandments, of course, are the two great ones that he emphasized back over there in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. And Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. All the law and the prophets, all of it's all contained within that. That love, that display of kindness, that brotherly kindness shared to all that we encounter. Let's all be kind. Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we truly thank you for your word, the knowledge that we can have and receive, and then help us to then in turn share that with others. The kindness that you have shown upon us, poured upon us. Let it be so full that it overflows into all of those around us. We truly thank you for your kindness as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Thank you all.